0: Financial Grown-Up Guide, Five Ways to Manage Unsteady Income in the Gig Economy. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money, but it's okay. We're going to get there together. We got this. Hey, friends, welcome to a new financial grown up guide. We are talking about something that I personally am paying a lot of attention to lately because this is me. After leaving my steady corporate journalism job in 2017, I have had to manage an income that is often unpredictable. For myself and other entrepreneurs and freelancers, there are a lot of reasons this happens. Clients come and go, some pay on time, some don't, and sometimes different income streams are stronger than others i myself needed some strategies and i know a lot of you guys do too so i reached out to zena kumak of conscious coins zena is herself a freelance writer and has been there done that and is now sharing some great solutions for all of us here is zena kumak zena kumak thank you so much for joining us for this financial grown up guide Yeah, thanks for having me, Bobby. Well, I'm so glad you're here because the topic you're going to be talking about, which is ways to manage unsteady income, is something that is becoming so much more common as the gig economy continues to grow. You and I, both participants in it, you're a freelance writer, you're also a financial coach, your website is Conscious Coins. Before we get into the ways that you are going to help us manage our unsteady income, tell us a little bit about Conscious Coins and your business.
1: Yeah. So I've had a whirlwind of a career. I started out as a newspaper reporter making $28,000 a year, really struggling with my student loans. And I started blogging about it just to keep myself accountable. And it got popular and I started realizing how passionate I was about it. So I started freelance writing for financial publications, blogs, and other people. Then it just kind of grew into this full-time career. So right now I'm a full-time freelance writer, editor. And then I also do financial coaching for people who are in the same position that I was in a while ago. Which is a
0: great career, but it definitely has challenges in terms of cash flow. So you brought with you five ways to manage unsteady income. And the first one, I feel like we're going to get some eye rolls, but let's start with it. It has to do with that emergency fund we all talk about.
1: Yeah. So like you said, everyone knows about the emergency fund, but When you have unsteady income, it is so much more important than when you have a W-2, nine-to-five job. The emergency fund is what keeps you afloat if you lose 50% of your clients in one month, if there's a recession or something that really affects your industry. The emergency fund is what keeps you steady so you're not losing your house, you're not getting evicted, you're not putting your cat food on a credit card. That emergency fund is what also lets you charge your rates and not lowball people because you're so desperate for income.
0: How do people do that, though? Because by definition, when you're starting, usually you're either just starting like you know, from scratch or you're coming off a full-time job where you may not be in a position that you have that. So what do you do if you don't have that six months?
1: Honestly, I think preparation is key. So what I did was I freelance wrote on the side for about a year before, before I quit my full-time job. And I saved most of my freelance writing income for that emergency fund. Now, was I spending a lot of time at work going home and basically just working on my laptop? Yes. Was it fun? Would I do it again? No. But that's what gave me the cushion to be able to do that, to quit my job and feel secure. So you got to just work and work really hard for maybe a year, maybe two years, maybe six months, depending on what your rates are and what you do, and build up that emergency fund so that you can quit and you have a safety net. What you're saying is
0: take the time before you go full time to some kind of a gig economy job and set that up as much as you can if you have that available to you.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously all of this is a ideal scenario. If it's something where your full-time job is making you miserable or it's making you anxious and sick, you know, maybe you do need to transition out of that faster. But again, just try to have as much of an emergency fund as you can. All right, number 2. I like this one the best and this is something that I certainly struggle with. So my second tip is to decide the minimum amount you need to earn per month. Now, to do that, you're going to have to probably look at your budget, but you need to look at what are my bills for the month that I absolutely have to pay. Now, most of us, that's going to be your rent, utilities, health insurance, car insurance, any other transportation expenses, utilities, internet, you know, the bills that you have to pay, things that you can't defer, like, retirement savings or saving for a vacation or buying new clothes or going out to eat. Look at how much money do I absolutely have to make each month so I don't default on anything, so I'm not paying any late fees or, you know, really getting into a bad position financially. Do you have any systems that you use, any apps to track your
0: income as you go through the month or as you look at the next month because you might have a receivables situation that you can recommend?
1: Honestly, just for my personal budgeting, I really like using Tiller. It's a spreadsheet-based budgeting system. What I like is that I just really like spreadsheets. And it's really helpful to see what I earned this month and then what I earned last month. And it compares the two so I can see, okay, was last month good or bad? Where does that stack up? And then on the professional side, I really like using FreshBooks for all my invoicing, tracking expenses, and tracking my income. And that also helps me see how much I billed versus how much I received, which cash flow for anyone as a freelancer or with unstable income is such a huge issue. And that's also where the emergency fund comes in. If you've got a client who pays you net 60, you can't rely on that income to pay your rent for this month. So that's also where the first tip ties in because having that emergency fund can keep you afloat if you've got a client that pays late or your receivables are just coming in later than you thought.
0: And using those tools can also be a motivating factor that maybe you have to go pitch more clients because you're, running, you're going to be running short.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think when you start tracking and measuring your income and your expenses, you really start to see what your financial reality is. You're not living in a well, I just booked this really great client. And so I don't have to worry about money for the rest of the month. You know, it really gives you this realistic outlook of, actually, I did book a client, but they're not going to pay me, you know, until 45 days from now. So I have to hustle my butt off for the rest of the month.
0: All right. The third one is a very happy scenario, though. And that's when you have the best problem of all, extra money.
1: A lot of us freelancers, we're used to having lean months, and then we have flush months. So what I like to do is have a plan for extra money before I spend it. This is something that actually I learned when I had a regular job. And if I got a windfall, like a tax refund or a birthday check, and I always had a plan for my money before I got it. Now, as a freelancer, I still have a plan for my money. It might not be exciting. It might be I'm going to put extra funds in retirement. It might be saving for remodeling my kitchen or a vacation. So whatever your plan is, just have one because it is so tempting to get an extra $100, $1,000, whatever it is, go spend it on something you didn't actually care that much about in the first place because you're just so excited to have extra money. But if you have a plan for it, then you're, it's going to go to your main priority, whatever that is. Number
0: four is really similar to investing in stocks or bonds, whatever it may be,
1: diversification. Yeah, so this is something that I think a lot of freelancers don't think enough about, myself included, and it's having diverse income streams. When you have one way of making money, then you're limited to that one way. If it's something that is maybe not working out for you that well this month, or it's just not something you enjoy, then you kind of have to go back to, plan A and and see like, what else can I do? But if you have a few different income streams, then you always have a few different ways to make money. If one of them isn't working out for some reason, that might be, if you're a freelance writer, that might be doing some writing coaching on the side or doing editing on top of writing. If you're a graphic designer and you like to make logos for businesses, well, maybe you also do, you know, some other graphic design things that maybe aren't your favorite, but there's still a source of income that you can have.
0: And I think you're pointing to also having different kinds of clients so that if there's an economic situation that affects one kind of client, it may not affect other ones.
1: Yeah, I think it's always wise. Um, someone once told me not to have more than 25% of your income coming from one client because, if that client goes away, suddenly you're out 25% of your income and you probably needed most of that 25%. The fifth
0: and last tip is sometimes hard psychologically and it has to do with
1: confidence really, but it's about getting more from the same clients. My final tip is probably the most important and that is increase your rates on a regular basis. So we all know that there's inflation and your landlord might charge you, might increase your rent once a year. If you haven't increased your rates this year, you are losing money every year. Everything goes up. Rent, utilities, gas, your internet company probably raises rates on you regularly. If you don't do the same, you are missing out. And I know this is awkward because no one wants to rock the boat. It doesn't have to be a big increase. It can be 5%, 10% but you probably have a client that you're charging beginner rates to and they need to know what your current rates are. So this is something that can really help you if your rates are increasing in other aspects of your life and helps you from not falling behind. What are the best strategies to raise your rates?
0: Do you come out and make a whole business case for it? Do you just tell them this is my annual increase? What's the best way to approach a client? Especially if maybe you know that they could
1: push back. I think it always helps to show deliverables like how many social shares you got on an article you wrote or how many people bought a product because of a marketing campaign that you helped with. If you can prove your value, it is much easier to ask for more money. If you can show how you made them money, then they are more likely to give you some of that money in turn. And what's your strategy if they do push
0: back? If they say, like, do you allow, do you drop a client that can't, I guess that can't pay or won't pay the higher rates? and then look for other clients? Or do you keep them on?
1: You know, it's always a struggle, especially if this is someone that you like working with, that's easy to work with. Sometimes it does tell you something about them about how much they actually value you. So I would say it really just depends on how easy they are to work with. If they've added something in the past year that you weren't doing before that you didn't charge extra for, you know, that's something to to mention like, hey, I'm doing this now for you and I haven't charged you more, but it is something to keep in mind. You know, it's an awkward conversation to have, but I think this is also where having a community of people around you helps. If there are people around you who do what you do, ask them for help, ask them how they negotiate with people because they might have some interesting tips on how they work around that solution. Before I let you go, what other tips
0: do you have for people that are working in the gig economy?
1: I think my biggest tip is sort of almost creating your own union or network of freelancers, because not only will they give you referrals or let you know when a client of theirs is hiring, but they'll just be there to offer support when you need it. Because most of us in our day-to-day lives, our friends are, we're still working regular nine to five jobs and they can't really give us advice of, Hey, how do I increase my rates or what do I do if my client is paying net 45 and I'm used to net 15? So I think building a support community for yourself can be really instrumental and, you know, help you from feeling alone, but also just offer, have real business advice to offer you when you're struggling. Where can people find out more about you? So you can find me on Twitter at Zena Kumok. That's Zena, K-U-M-O-K. And you can find me at www.consciouscoins.com. You know, you can always shoot me an email at Zena Kumok at gmail.com. I'm um, I'm happy to help anyone who has questions about freelance writing, paying off debt, or anything in between. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Bobby. Okay,
0: friends, if you missed any of that, you can get the show notes and the transcript to this and all episodes right on my website bobbyrebel.com Just click on financial grownup podcast. When you get to the website, you can also use that search bar at the top, right? Now, some of you have written to me that you are actually using the show notes kind of like a library because of that search function, which is awesome. So for example, one listener said she's been using it to find all the relevant info on scholarships for her son by finding the episodes on that topic, all the transcripts for the shows right there for you. And if you enjoy the show and the show notes, please help others learn more about it and have access to this resource as well by leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast or taking a screenshot and sharing it on social media. Don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you on Instagram. I am at BobbiRebell1, on Twitter at BobbyRebel. And on that note of thank you, big thanks to Zena Kumuk for teaching us all how to manage our incomes like financial grown ups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.